welcome back to the Let's Call It Nothing podcast, where we discuss all things fangirl. This season, we are jumping into the Wolves of Mercy Falls series by Maggie Stiefvater, aka the Shiver series. We have been going through book one, Shiver, which is Grace and Sam's love story. So whenever we left off last time, it was a big moment. Sam kind of had to go through some of his trauma because he was about to transform into a wolf again. And Grace kind of had to do what she thought was best, which was putting him in a situation that brought up these very traumatic memories. And they kind of had a quick little heart to heart. And he was like, hey, I don't know if this relationship thing's going to work. And she was like, boo, just come home with me. It's okay. Yeah. And sorry, we may not be cracking as many jokes <laughs> with this as we do Twilight, because let's just face it, Twilight's got so many issues. It's funny. I feel like Shiver's got way more trauma. and It's a lot more serious. It's way more yeah. serious. I mean, it's got some really funny moments and it's really cute, but it's got a lot of serious topics. I think every episode we do is going to have a trigger warning at some point. Okay, so we're picking up with chapter 27. This is right after all that. It is from Sam's perspective. It is 38 degrees Fahrenheit. Grace's parents were actually home, so Grace had to sneak Sam in. She gives him the coast is clear to go get ready for bed in the bathroom. Sam contemplates what Grace sees in him, which I feel like is pretty normal. Like, Mm -hmm. your insecurities come out whenever you're entering a relationship. I can see that. He thinks about the fact that every lyric he's thought about ends with the word love. And he needs to tell her this is his last year to be human. When he gets back to the room, Grace is already in bed. He lets his mind wander to think about what she's wearing. Then he feels guilty about it. Mm-hmm. Edward? Edward? You back here, buddy? Yep. Well, Sam's just so wholesome. That, yeah. Like, he's like a little horny, but he's like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. Can't be thinking about her like that. And I'm like, dude, you've seen her naked. You can't be remembering her naked. Yep, yep, yep. As he climbs into bed, he puts a wall of pillows and blankets between them. After some sweet words and some face touching, Grace asks what happens to the wolves at the end. Sam explains that they eventually stop turning human. And then they live 15 or so years years and then die of old age just like normal wolves he thought about telling her he wouldn't be turning back human again she sighed almost like she was going to cry it wasn't until this moment that sam realized that deep down grace had already known this was his last year as a human so he really like underestimates how smart she is and how like she's mm-hmm. oblivious to some things but when it comes to him she's like just... she's she's obsessed with him in a way so yeah and obsessed with the could bees mm-hmm. like she knows she picked up on it a lot quicker than i feel most people would though yeah. because it occurred to her that he never changed back for mm-hmm. the summer and like i mean she's learning all these details about what he is and how it works mm-hmm. as he's telling her and he's not directly telling her about himself mm-hmm. and his necessarily experiences involving wolf stuff she figures it out because she's a smart cookie yeah bella could never no <laughs> no bella would still be stuck on yeah you turn into a wolf but let me see your abs like i'm probably a mixture <laughs> being honest i feel like everybody will pick up on certain things quicker mm-hmm. and then some you know some things yeah. they're just oblivious to uh it's mentioned in the books that grace is a good liar but she's not yeah. good at 
reading people. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting that she just kind of already knows this stuff about him, I guess, because she's watched him for so yeah. long. I also love how like he puts the barrier there, which it took a lot for her to get him to come home with her. Yeah. Because he was like, no, like we need to stop this before it gets too real. Mm hmm in a way and he puts that barrier like in the bed and she's like no no what what you doing mm-hmm. cuddle up with me come on we only got you know another month or two come on yeah if even that long <laughs> and see that's why i'm not upset by the way things progress with them because this, if they know yeah. they know deep down they know that they only got like a month together mm-hmm. it's kind of like the bachelor <laughs> <laughs> I was going with, uh, well, it's not technically a Lana Del Rey song, but a Lana Del Rey song. But tell me what it's like about The Bachelor. Well, on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, they know they only have like six to eight weeks mm-hmm. to have this journey. Mm-hmm. So they know they have to be in it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's got to be real. It's got to click fast for them. Yeah. And it's going to progress really fast. Mm-hmm. And it has been successful some of the times. Not everyone's wired that way. No. There's a lot of issues with it. But like, if you know, if you can see the end, mm-hmm. you want to crave or like, you want to get as much as you can out of the time that you have. Yeah. And gonna- it's kind of like if you meet someone or fall in love with someone or get to know someone and they're like terminally ill. Yeah. Like, you only have the time. The thought in our stars. Mm-hmm. Like, if they only had that amount of time before. Before something. The end. Yeah. So they knew, like, we really like each other. Let's do what we can while we got that time. Mm-hmm. And see, that's the thing. The Lana Del Rey song I'm thinking of is Goodbye Kiss. You know, we met with a goodbye kiss. And that's kind of how this is for them. You know, we met pretty much while you're on death's door bleeding out. Yeah. And I know you don't have that much longer. And I feel like in a lot of these cases, um, at least what I've seen, which is a lot of like fictionalized stories and stuff, mm-hmm. where, you know, someone, the end is coming in some way, whether the end is them dying or them having to move somewhere else Mm -hmm. you have one person in that relationship who's like let's take all the time that we can and like be with each other then you have the other one is like no like i don't want to get hurt in the end i don't want you to get hurt in the end let's just stop it right now Mm -hmm. and i mean you see sam and grace yeah as though those characters even though pretty quickly grace calls the shots Oh, yeah. Put it out there. Grace calls the shot. Grace is the one who wears the pants in this relationship. Yeah, definitely. Love. Yeah, definitely. But Sam has loved her for so long yeah. that, I mean, like, yeah, he, she's seen him as... to terms with, like, yeah. you know, this girl, and this is just how it's going to be. I mean, he's been... Whereas she's just known him as a wolf for so long, he's known her as a person. Yeah. Ever since the day he saved, you know, he saved her, he's known, mm-hmm. okay, this, this person, yeah. I... I know. I feel like a lot of people, the ones who try to pull back are like, I don't want you to get hurt in the end, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like that at first, but he realizes how like, first off, in it she is. And second off, like how strong she is with all of her past experiences and her own trauma that she re- or he realizes like, okay, I mean, I'm going to make this journey last as long as we can, like with this relationship and what we have right now. But also if it ends badly, she'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in tears. Yeah. <laughs> 
And chapter 28 is next and it's from Grace's point of view and it's 49 degrees. So the two of them are sitting in the parking lot at school when her friend Rachel hops into the Bronco with them. Um, she's acting like a total ball of energy and questions Sam about things and then steals Grace to go talk before they have to go to class. So Rachel tells Grace that there were actually wolves scratching on Olivia's door and during their discussion Isabel comes up to Grace and tells her that they need to talk. So Isabel confronts Grace saying that she had talked with Jack that morning so she knows that he's not dead and he said that Grace knew what was going on with him. Of course Grace you know tried to deny everything hoping that she would drop it but Isabel didn't really seem discouraged. Um, I'm gonna back up to Rachel real quick. I think this is the part where like dialogue wise I was like she's like I've had three coffees. Like, the way that it's said just sounds so 13-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, I really like Maggie Stiefbother's writing. Um, I don't think dialogue is her strong point. I-, I don't know if anyone disagrees with that, but I really don't. Like, the way characters say some things, I'm like, do people really sound like that? <laughs> I feel like that was me when I was trying to write when we were back in eighth grade. Exactly. I can't. And no. I'm not faulting her for it because I think so many other aspects of her writing are beautiful. But reading some of this and like Rachel just seems very like two dimensional at this point. Yeah. And so her saying that just adds to that mm-hmm. and no other layer to her, which is fine. You can have characters like that, especially I mean, like the best friend who you barely see. She is one of those characters. She's the filler character who yeah. who tells tells her things that she needs to know yeah about their other friend but with that being said some of it's cringy like this but also that could be how she's made the character i will say i don't think rachel is meant to be this very profound character that no that you know spoke eloquently and had all this i think she was meant to be okay here is this little squirrel child that's just like she is a little squirrel child (laughs) but like we got rachel and then we got Katori, who's a little squirrel child. Yeah. Katori's got elements, though. Katori's got all 5, 10, 11, 12 elements. <laughs> I would like to state that Katori is a fictionalized Maximum. character in mine and Peyton's brains. Yeah. <laughs> she lives there rent-free. Rent free. <laughs> she, oh. she has been part of another story that I've been working on for a while. But she's, you know, the comedic relief in a way, the uh-huh. fun one, the one full of information in a way. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of other elements. and But she does play a bigger part in that story than Rachel does in this one. Mm-hmm. Also, there are so many characters in these books. Yeah. Like, we only know a handful of them at this point. So not having all of them, like, fleshed out yeah. is okay. Rachel doesn't play a very big part. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, she plays a part, but throughout the series, it's not, like, huge. Yeah. And I think that's what she was there for. She was never meant to be a you know main player at the Mm -hmm. end she was always meant to be a side character and that's fine so i don't see it's a little cringy yes i did i cringe at it yes yeah she's just there to give info that's that's what she's for and also like with this this being a first person perspective from sam and grace's point of view this is how they see her yeah so we don't really get other perspectives Mm -hmm. of her at this point but yes with the dialogue there i was like okay people Mm -hmm. at least at this age that i know of don't sound like this except for maybe me but (laughs) i did it ironically That's what everything we did as teenagers. It was for ironic purposes. Mm -hmm. I'm not mad at it because I feel like the way Sam and Grace talked to each other, there was never really a lot of parts where I... Yeah, yeah. I I agree with that. I was like, I mean, it's not like Twilight where 
the main characters are saying some of the crap and you're like it's like easy going open and honest but even the stuff where they're not as open and communicative communicative they know it and they like pull it out of each other Mm -hmm. which is great yeah yeah just gonna say it right here right now grace and sam's love is like so sweet and so wholesome Mm -hmm. and we're never like i will never dog it i will never be like questioning it because it's so sweet and so wholesome so isabel knows that jack is alive now for sure even though she's suspected it jack is like hey that grace girl the wolf girl that mm-hmm. everyone knows is obsessed with wolves. She knows what's going on. Yeah. Grace is like, what? <laughs> and she's like, I've never talked to that man in my life. How does he know? And then she's like, oh, yeah, the woods, the screaming, the eyes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> forgot about that one <laughs> whoops and you know it never occurred to me until this part we're spoiling it a little bit for y'all well uh, it's kind of hard not to it's hard not to <laughs> but he must smell the wolf on her because she's not completely human because she's got all these extra senses he must smell yeah. it on her and he he finds out more about grace's connection to it later on mm-hmm. of course but but this is like the first time that isabel's like hey grace you know something my what? brother said you know something what do you know mm-hmm. and grace is like i'm not telling you anything because i don't know anything and isabel's like oh, whatever. okay She's whatever like, bitch please <laughs> i will say there's a lot of people out there that think isabel culpepper is the biggest bitch on the planet and she's, she's not that bad no she's, she's really not. not like she's all- helpful at one point <laughs> She's helpful at a lot of points. I mean, like, she's just as how she conveys things. Yeah. Like, when she is concerned, she is like... Mm-hmm. There's a lot of love there. It's yeah. what she does with that love and, uh-huh. like, her actions. Like, you think at this point she's just a basic mean girl, but she is a three-dimensional character. I and I Okay, I always say I love mean girls. I love mean girls where, like, I can see more. See, mm-hmm. I don't really see her as a basic mean girl, though, because she doesn't actually act like that to me. She has, like, a little dog. She's like Paris Hilton. Yeah, she kind of does sound like <laughs> Paris Hilton, but yeah. that's a whole other story. I mean, like, she's from California. Yeah. She hates it in Minnesota. She's I mean, got a little dog. I don't see, like, well, her and She Rose- had a little dog. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see, like... <laughs> I don't see like her and Rosalie like being the same type of mean girl necessarily because Rosalie there's like this jealousy and also this protectiveness of her family and stuff and Isabel's like there's a protectiveness over like her brother and stuff but she's also like I'm living my life I just want answers she's also really smart she can see through some bull and we're on chapter 29 which is from Sam's perspective and it is 54 degrees Fahrenheit outside did you hear me, Reba? Yeah. I said Fahrenheit. Sam couldn't figure out what to do about Jack until Grace could tell him what she knew. He decided in the meantime to go to the post office and see what was in Beck's P.O. box. He recalled the first time Beck had brought books home for him to be homeschooled with. How he had loved it and how when Shelby came along, it didn't mean as much to her. They had gotten into a fight because Shelby had no interest in learning because she felt they were meant to be wolves, which had upset Beck, and that was the only time he had ever raised his voice at her. Ulrich pointed out to Beck that Shelby wasn't completely wrong. Uh, Sam opened the post office box only to find very little content. Someone had been there recently. Dun, dun, dun. So is Shelby wrong? No, but she could have went about it in a better way. She was like a kid. Yeah. like, And she kind of 
<laughs> she's been through a lot, which yeah. I'm not making that like an excuse for anything. But like, yeah, she's like, okay, my human life has sucked. Mm-hmm. I'm a werewolf now. Mm-hmm. We're going to be wolves in the future. Sam, why are you learning how to read? Yeah. Like, why are we learning math right now? Philosophy. What's that all that about? Mm-hmm. Well, he's like, I th- want to. I think it's half and Yeah, it's half and half. It's the she has a point. But also, if he wants mm-hmm. to be educated, he can be educated. And, like, might as well learn stuff while you're human instead of, like, waiting for the moment you go wolf. Like, yeah. might as well. We learn all the time like different hobbies and stuff just for fun mm-hmm. yeah like that aren't really useful except for our current happiness at that state like i mean i knit mm-hmm. i embroider yeah. i paint do you think that helps me with my everyday life in maybe any your, way form your mental fashion? health but i mean i freaking like okay i did band for like 12 years mm-hmm. and do I still utilize that in my everyday life? Are you still playing no. the clarinet? No, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm educated. And also like music helps you with uh, like other aspects mm-hmm. of like mentally. Exactly. Um, and academically and everything. But it's not something I use. It was a part of my life at that time. And, you know, I don't remember how to do half that shit. Yeah. Like with Sam, you know, they were just like, might as well educate him because mm-hmm. he's a kid. He he is going to be human sometimes. Yeah. And he doesn't need to be, like, unable to read or yeah. do math or, like, not able to get a job when he's human. Yeah. And see, uh, the problem with Beck and Ulrich is Beck w- is kind of molding him to be like him. Go to law school, mm-hmm. do all this. And Ulrich's like, you know that's not going to be able to happen mm-hmm. because he's not going to be able to... Too, he was too young when he was Yeah, turned. his life's, lifespan, in a way, is shortened. Yeah, it's shorter because he was turned so young. Mm-hmm. So he's like, he, he's not going to be able to do that. I mean, law school takes... Years. Years. I mean, like, mm-hmm. all, all degrees take years, but I mean, like, it takes a long yeah. time. And also, like, Beck, you know, compared throughout this book is like sam's dad yeah so beck sees sam as like his kid he's like i'm gonna do what's best for my kid at this moment in time Mm -hmm. which right now is teaching him how to read and like all the other stuff regular kids learn Mm -hmm. like what else you gonna do with him yeah make him work child labor child labor i mean that's what i would do but (laughs) no you wouldn't no i wouldn't my poor kids i am not legally required to teach them anything but you best believe they learn so much they learn they know countries and cultures mm-hmm. and other stuff i gotta tell I, you they don't learn a lot of that at school they or at least don't. like it's not in their academics like standards mm-hmm. and that's why i was like i want to teach them this because i know it's not going to be mm-hmm. commonly covered in their school and it's really sad because other countries are like why don't y'all know this kind of you yeah. know basic stuff if you hear some of the laws you know our our stuff's biased here anyway so oh yeah yeah but anyway this is not on no, education no, no. but i feel like as a person you want to teach when you are around children you want to teach them things in order mm-hmm. for them to even if like function. that information isn't going to be necessary in their later life the ability to learn Mm-hmm. is so important it is and so teaching sam as a little human boy how to do stuff may help him like even as a wolf learn how to do stuff even though a lot of that's survival instinct and everything 
it's it's useful shelby okay i understand her perspective but also i don't completely agree with it so the whole point of the end of the chapter is that someone got the mail and also someone had been at beck's house who is this someone that kind of brings Mm -hmm. up that mini mystery yeah chapter 30 is from sam's perspective it's 41 degrees fahrenheit Grace hopped in the Bronco. They were driving down the road when they were met by a wolf in the middle of the road. When they saw the hazel eyes, they knew it was Jack. Sam started running after him. Grace grabbed him and hurried him back to the car. After he was safe in the car, she told him about Isabel. Sam stated he wished Beck was there, only to realize he might be there after all. Yeah, that synopsis didn't uh, fully state that sam literally like dove out out of the car like before grace had even stopped (laughs) yeah and she was like freaking out because it's 41 degrees outside that's kind of really cold Mm -hmm. to me as a southerner and yeah 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 it is Mm -hmm. so i couldn't imagine like and so she's freaking out because she's like oh my gosh she's gonna turn into a wolf i can't have that no i didn't make it as eloquent as i should have and i apologize there was one part wait wait let me find it Okay, they start talking about poetry in one part in this chapter. And Grace is like, I don't understand poetry. Not my vibe. Which I'm like, same girl. Same. Yeah. And so Sam, like, reads her a translation of a German poem. And it was, like, he read it in German. And then she was like, this sounds sad. You're smiling. You must be right. Or I must be right. And he reads, uh, what then would I do with my lips, with my night, with my day? I have no. And then blah, blah, blah. And this poem reminded me of a i think it's of a tennyson poem but it's in a cinderella story dear lord i was like i knew it immediately i got really excited because i I knew it oh my gosh she's been reading tennyson um, on her own no pain no she hasn't (laughs) that's not on brand (laughs) um whenever like austin and sam in the movie are i i am in back and forth i know okay i know what you're talking uh, about now he says he like types to her this poem he says half the night i waste in sighs half in dreams i sorrow after the delight of airy skies and a wakeful dose i sorrow for the hand the lips the eyes for the meeting of the morrow the delight of happy laughter the delight of low replies but like that poem reminded me of this one and Mm -hmm. this one it's very at first i was like is that the poem that he says in the cinderella story and it wasn't but i was like it reminds me where it's like kind of sad but like it's hopeful (laughs) which by the way guys that read poetry and talk about poetry to girls it's a chick magnet i ain't gonna lie yeah i was about to say yeah the um i'd be like i don't know what you just said (laughs) i met my boyfriend (laughs) online and his bio was like i read yeats if that means anything Mm -hmm. and i was like oh my god you're like hell yeah it does it does william butler yeats yes which my boyfriend also has an english major which is or a degree actually he's that was like icing on the cake for me but all right so we're on chapter 31 which is sam's point of view and it's 53 degrees fahrenheit out so sam couldn't stop thinking about if beck was actually human at this point so sam drove to the house to look one more time just you know in case and he just happened to find that beck was in fact there and they say hello and beck gives sam a new phone and their greeting was far from happy though when sam realized that beck had come back into town with kids that he had also turned into wolves and because of this sam immediately freaks out and leaves because he doesn't know how to take this mm-hmm. yeah and when i read this i thought the kids were younger because I, I sam is calling them kids mm-hmm. they're his age 
They're yeah. around his age. I want to. He's an old soul. It's <laughs> so like these are children. Mm-hmm. Well, they're your age, buddy. Uh, one of them's a year older than you. Yeah. Well, I guess because he he's been a wolf longer, he kind of sees mm-hmm. that part as like mm-hmm. their kids. Yeah, he doesn't really think of his own turning as that. Mm-hmm. Like wild this is whenever i brought up the question you know back like explains like why he turned mm-hmm. these people um you don't know a lot about it at this point all you know is one of them says help and uh, this also freaks sam's out mm-hmm. this is a cycle in a way because beck says we have to have people who are able to shift into humans often to keep like the house going for all of our members mm-hmm. and so we have to keep turning people it's it's a cycle and i was like this is kind of like cultish in a way yeah, <laughs> yeah. i was like it's really odd you have a like l- it's a cycle and he he has to like dis- distance himself from you know how horrible it is mm-hmm. that he's doing these things which there's more to it like, yeah but he has to distance himself and be like no this is good because because I'm protecting my people. Whereas Sam has never been able to. There's a part later on where it states Sam is the type of person that can't, like somebody's doing a bad thing for good. And Sam is like, can't justify yeah. doing the bad thing. Mm-hmm. Because to he's him. He's a cinnamon roll. He's a cinnamon roll and it lacks humanity. Yeah. And to him, humanity is everything. Yeah. Which we see with how much he wants to stay human. Yeah. Like, that's what he wants. But chapter 32 is from Grace's perspective, and it is 45 degrees Fahrenheit outside. Uh, The next morning, Sam proclaimed to Grace that it was time to take her on a proper date. Whoops, whoops. They discussed a few things, but mainly Sam asked her if she remembers what happened when she was bitten. At first, Grace doesn't quite understand what he's talking about. Then she thinks about how she did actually survive that time, only to realize Sam turned human and carried her back. Does she not remember that moment up until this point? No, because no. it's foggy to her. I think that whole period in her life is foggy I to mean, her. Yeah, yeah, I understand that too. Mm-hmm. And that happens with trauma where mm-hmm. you have the suppressed memories involving yeah. it. But she's like, oh yeah, wait, that was you. You were a human at that point. But she's like, then wait a minute, you can turn yourself back? And he's like, I don't know how I did it. I have absolutely she's like, not, no okay, idea. Then you were a wolf, you turned human. It was dead winter. And then whenever you got shot you were a wolf and turned human how do you do that you can manage it right and he's like i don't know (laughs) like i don't have the answers those were two flukes i have Mm -hmm. no idea uh he takes her to the bookstore he used to work at for their date um the one where he met her in human form the first time well didn't meet her he he saw her saw her when he was human they went up to the loft and proceeded to make out and grace started to cry sick it's such a them thing to make out in a bookstore they would make out everywhere if they could honestly (laughs) yeah 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 this is not your average uh why i don't think for, because of stuff like that like they're just very making out in public <laughs> making out in public but no one's like they're watching them like, no it's not pretty secluded sam knew why she was crying but he confirmed it for her, which was that this was going to be his last year as a human and i think in this moment she like really realizes like damn i i think i love this boy yeah like i don't even know if i'm falling anymore like mm-hmm. i'm in it yeah and there's no way out mm-hmm 
And I know that I'm going to be heartbroken at the end of this. Mm-hmm. So sad. It is sad. When they leave the bookstore, they find Olivia and her brother John outside. There's some awkwardness, but Grace introduces Sam as her boyfriend to them. And Olivia says she recognizes Sam, which puts both Sam and Grace on edge because Olivia's also seen all the wolves. Sam asked if it was from the bookstore, which she agrees that's where she saw him because you remember she talked to him years ago. Uh, Then she asked if he was wearing contacts. Sam lies and tells her they are contacts. He, he makes that decision. It's a really weird moment. This is whenever you're like, I mean, we haven't seen a lot of Olivia at this point. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, Grace isn't being that great of a friend. No. She like brings up that she tries calling and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I feel like she could do more if she was really worried about it. But her life right now is Sam, which understandable. Mm-hmm. New relationship. Also, they only have so much time. But, like, she knows something's going on with Olivia. So, Mm -hmm. Olivia pops out of nowhere. You know, they run into each other. And she's being so weird. And they'd also got into a fight. Yeah. Before Sam had popped up. And I think I would be like, hey, Sam, you go back inside for a minute. Olivia and I, let's chat. Let's talk this out. I feel like she kind of tried to do that, though. She tried to be like, can we talk now? And Olivia's like, no, you call me later or I'll call you. That's whenever you're like, no, Olivia, we need to talk. Yeah. As you can tell, Caitlin is that person like when she feels she's got to say something we're saying it we're saying it now <laughs> i just i don't think it's healthy to keep Wait, stuff in it's not and honestly if olivia is like other people in my life who i've been that way with <laughs> she probably would not handle it well either way so <laughs> we're talking about somebody named in this book anyway <laughs> <laughs> really putting it out there peyton okay freaking olivia olivia hater even like sam decides you know this girl knows something yeah grace uh ask what's going on which sam is not a good liar anyway so he's nervous like Mm -hmm. you can tell that something's wrong because of the way he's acting whereas Mm -hmm. grace is cool as a cucumber in situations like this yeah but he's like olivia he felt like olivia definitely knew more than what she's letting on later they mentioned the fact that shelby had peed on the door of the bookstore as a wolf and on yeah <laughs> yeah and on the deck of grace's house yeah she peed marking that territory she's marking her territory and then grace had called olivia's house a few times with no answer from olivia herself and that's how the chapter ends chapter 33 is from sam's perspective it is 41 degrees fahrenheit sam woke up in a cold sweat with blood in his mouth after he had dreamed of his neighbor's dogs so when he was younger sam was scared of dogs and he asked beck how to kill them if he needed to. Later on, two of the dogs were ripping the pack leader to shreds. Sam called the dogs away from Paul when they leaped for him. Sam called for Beck, who then saved him from them. Sam knew that Shelby had let the dogs loose to kill Paul so that Sam could be the pack leader. And now Grace was in the way of Shelby being the alpha female. So the point of this chapter is Shelby's up to no good. Yeah. Which I mean, if you're pissing on everything, that's kind of your telltale sign. I mean, you don't mark your territory unless you are in defense mode. That's just how it is in the animal world. Shelby just sees Grace as a threat. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. 
I'm surprised, like, she didn't... Does she know, like, that Grace and Sam watched each other all these years? Like... I kind of feel like if she doesn't fully, she kind of has an inkling. But, like, she never, you know, did anything before that we know of. Mm-hmm. Well, there wasn't any contact until she, until Grace touched Sam mm-hmm. as a wolf. And then that was what set Shelby yeah. off. Because after like, that... like, oh, this girl isn't scared of Sam as yeah. a wolf. This is not good. Yeah. So she attacks, uh, she tries to defend or mark her territory then with Sam and show dominance over Grace. And then Sam gets her back in the house. And then later, Shelby shows back up to threaten her and Grace growls back at her. And then... Can't let that one go. Yeah, we are not letting that one go. Yeah, that's just how it is. She's marking her territory. She's trying to show, okay, you're not the boss. You're not Mm -hmm. the alpha here, which she's not an alpha at this point. She couldn't be because she's not of the right sex or anything. She's always been fixated on Sam being the alpha male so she can be the alpha female. Chapter 34, which is from Grace's perspective, and it's 49 degrees Fahrenheit out. So one afternoon while watching a movie, Sam and Grace end up discussing how neglectful Grace's parents are. And this, of course, makes Grace start to cry, even though she like tries to hold it in and doesn't realize that she's crying. Mm-hmm. Um, and when later, Grace's parents actually arrive back at the house and Grace is just like, yeah, you're not going anywhere, Sam. We're going to tell them that you're my boyfriend um so sam ends up playing the as peyton put it perfect boyfriend role (laughs) because it isn't hard because he kind of is (laughs) and he tells her mom that he would like to see her mom's studio which her mom doesn't really take seriously when he says that either but her mom is like a flirty kind of fun person like a renee character yeah grace got ticked because her mom was flirting with him because she's like she flirts with anyone who's above age weirdo yeah. Chapter 35 is from Sam's perspective, and it's the same temperature, 49 degrees out. After the movie was finished, Sam sneaks upstairs to see Grace's mom's studio. Sam looks at two paintings of lovers that are the same other than the colors. One's of warm red tones and, you know, reds and yellows and oranges mm-hmm. is what I picture. And then one's like cool blues and purples and, you know, soft colors. And so the mom asks, okay, which ones? You, which one do you like better? And he's like the blue one because he's thinking of Grace at this mm-hmm. time. Which her mom's fine surprising because she's like, no one ever picks that one. Yeah, no one ever picks that one. She's like, but that's, lo- I call these two love and lust. Everybody picks lust. And, um, I would not. not so shockingly, Sam picked love. Yeah, which I think the problem with her theory, though, is that red is a eye-catching color. People yeah. are going to be more drawn to that. But anyway. That's, this, yeah, that's essentially what it is yeah i would probably go with the blue one i would too because i like cool toned colors better whereas my room's bright ass red you know she's kind of sizing him up as a person Mm -hmm. she's like grace didn't um grace could never be an artist or anything because when i asked her what she thought of them she said both the eyes were weird (laughs) they were they were spaced weirdly they were spaced weirdly (laughs) and she didn't see why she'd done the same painting twice yeah she's so i mean she's described as analytical and like she's very left-brained yeah Mm -hmm. she's like why why did you make the same painting twice just change the colors why did you change the colors that's weird she doesn't read anything grace doesn't like poetry she's Mm -mm. not really into music like that's not her vibe Mm -mm. she she wants the facts she wants you know answers to every question like who she is yeah and so they talk about being artists themselves like she can her mom sees that sam is a creative person and everything and um she asked if she could paint him and he agreed to it 
Also, I want to point out, I can't remember if it was in this chapter or the last chapter, that she asks if he's wearing contacts and he says no. So he picks, he doesn't always say when he, you know, he decides. He he like sizes, like with Olivia, he was like, she knows something. I'm going to lie. Mm -hmm. That's because while Grace is not the people reader, he is. Yeah. And then Grace's mom, he knows like, oh, she probably doesn't pay attention to much anyway. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can just tell her the truth and she won't think much of it yeah she'll be like oh cool she asked him if she could paint him and he agreed and she's like can i do something so he picks up the guitar and starts playing some girl starts playing his summer girl song i'm questioning why is there a guitar there does her mom play the guitar Um, (laughs) i don't know she may be painting it you know it's a studio i I could see i forgot there was a guitar i knew there was in this moment but later on in the book Uh uh-huh it's also brought up People just have guitars laying around, you know? Yeah. I guess so, yeah. Well, I mean, like... I picture her parents being, like, people who just pick up hobbies, you know? Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, she's a creative person, and as a person with that, you're just, like, one day you're going to be like, okay, this is what I want to do, so like, let me I buy can either guitar. spend time with my child or learn a new instrument. <laughs> let me see which one I'll pick. Yeah. <laughs> she has, like... 16 different instruments <laughs> and then grace is like mom mom sorry honey i'm busy i'm learning the mandolin like how you said that the mandolin <laughs> but he plays a song about grace which was sweet until they heard a crash downstairs then a scream then a snarl dun 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 dun, dun, dun. who will it it's setting up to be someone specific. Chapter 36 is from Sam's perspective. It is 49 degrees Fahrenheit. I remembered Shelby's face when she asked, would you like to see my scars? From what? I replied, from when I was attacked. From the wolves? No. She showed me anyway. Her belly was lumpy with scar tissue that disappeared underneath her bra. It looked like a hamburger after they bit me. I didn't want to know. Shelby didn't pull her shirt back down. It must be hell when we kill something. We must be the worst way to die. Fucking Shelby, you know? That was not a description I wanted to know either when I read that, and I was like, yeah, thanks. Shelby just seems like that kid who, you know, we all deal with our trauma in different ways. She's the one who has, like, embraced the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I'm going to learn how to fight back. Mm-hmm. She doesn't use it in a good way. <laughs> She's like, I have power now. Yeah, I have power now. I'm going to not even, the people who hurt me, I don't know what she does to them. But I'm going to use it to my advantage mm-hmm. to try and get up in the world and have power over others. Yeah. We must be the worst way to die. Just mm-hmm. that statement alone. Well, I mean, you got to think about how wolves kill and eat their... Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't disagree, but just how casually she is. She is about And it. I wonder and how... I, want, is- I picture them being like 12, 13, yeah. like young, but, you know, a little older to know, have sense mm-hmm. during this part. And she's just so casual about it. And Mm -hmm. Sam is so uncomfortable. And he's like, why do I have to be around this girl? She's showing me her lumpy belly scars. And her bra. And her bra. (laughs) And comparing her stomach to hamburger meat. (laughs) Why do I have to be around this? Back. Back. I feel like poor Sam was just living his life as best he could. And then Shelby comes along. Yeah. He's like, I didn't ask for this. And Beck is like, you just kind of have to. The unwanted pseudo sibling. Yeah. (laughs) You just kind of have to deal with her now she's got some issues like you do you should you know but she's just like 
tortures him. I feel like that is their whole thing is she is so obsessed with the wolves and being a wolf and being in power. Mm -hmm. She's like, okay, so Sam needs to like me. Uh Let me just talk about my scars and stuff. And (laughs) if she was smart, she would go about it a completely different way. Yes. Yes. She would probably have him like, come on, girl. Probably not. Carter. He, he's been no, probably not. He's been fixated on one girl who Yeah, yeah. For, yeah. Since he was eleven years old. Uh-huh. I don't think Shelby she, had no chance. She had no chance because he's in all about this one girl. He wrote a song about a summer girl. He wrote this long before they met. Like uh-huh. you gotta think how many songs he's writ 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 <laughs> <laughs> He's written about her. Shelby had no chance because he's been like obsessed with her for too long. But she really had no chance when she was like, You wanna see my own like cool scars? But when I almost died? No thanks. <laughs> He said no. He said no. <laughs> you did not have consent. <laughs> this is harassment. <laughs> it's harassment, Shelby. I mean, it's not like she's attacking anybody right now or nothing, but you know. Chapter 37. All right. Chapter 37, which is from Sam's point of view, and it's 42 degrees Fahrenheit. As it's put, Shelby has broken into the back deck's glass window to attack Grace. Um, so Sam grabbed an iron skillet to hit Shelby in the hip with it as a warning to get her to let go of Grace. Full Rapunzel. <laughs> Which I highly recommend anybody that needs anything to attack. Just keep, just have an iron skillet on hand. They're so yeah. useful for so many different things. <laughs> So Shelby was biting Grace and Sam lunged at Shelby to get her to let go. And he thinks, I remember snapping chicken bones. And he says, in my mind, I could see perfectly what it would look like to kill Shelby. But however, during that moment, Grace's dad got the gun that he apparently has. And Grace's dad fired a shot that kills Shelby. And then seeing this blood on his wrist, Sam starts to have a panic attack. So with the winter weather coming in through like the the broken doors and like the blood and stuff like sand's panicking all around and it's causing him to turn so grace starts to freak out because she knows she needs to get him somewhere warmer so he doesn't turn in front of her parents her parents react so well to this oh yeah what the f- <laughs> so chapter 38 what is her mom doing during this she was i don't even know if she even bothered going downstairs honestly I, she'd be like crouched on the stairs being like Holding your paintbrushes. Dang, there's a wolf attacking my child again. Again? Jeez. Lewis, I told you we should have gotten rid of Grace a while ago. (laughs) I mean, pretty much. You should have put the heat on in the car, Lewis. Jeez. (laughs) Chapter 38 is from Grace's perspective, and it is 38 degrees outside. This is the one and only time I believe that the chapter chapter and the temperature match. (gasps) Cool. That's how nerdy we are. <laughs> but they take Sam to the hospital and Grace has to explain to her mom what happened to Sam as a kid. In the most maternal and understanding way possible, Grace's mom tells her that he has too many issues today. <laughs> well, that in the most not understanding and maternal way possible is what Peyton really means. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's like, he's broken. You don't want him. Like, he's damaged goods. I'd be like, mom, you have never been concerned about my life up until this point. Why does this matter? That's exactly what Grace yeah and i quoted there's more i quoted (laughs) some and it's grace's mom he could have a psychotic break i read that people get those when they're 28 specific 
Yeah. <laughs> he could be almost normal mm-hmm. and then suddenly go slasher. I mean, you know, I've never told you what to do with your life before now. What if I asked you not to see him? Okay. Okay. Grace okay. said, I would say that by virtue of your not acting parental up to this point, you've relinquished your ability to wield any power now. Sam and I are together. It's not an option. After her mom gives up and goes to get a drink, Sam wakes up and get discharged super quickly. I love Grace's. Well, up until this point, yeah. you haven't been a parent. So I don't think you have the right to tell me who to date. Like, I know I'm 17. I know I'm your daughter, but I've almost died three times now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And you're just now starting to care. And it's only about the boy that I'm dating because he's got baggage. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also telling that like she confronts her mom about that. And her mom's just like essentially like uh, whatever. It just walks away. Mm-hmm. Like they don't even have a discussion about this. Her mom's just like, I don't understand you. It's whatever. I'm leaving. I think her parents don't know how to deal with children and teenagers. They, Not at all. They are like, I can only talk to people who are adults and who see things the way that I do. They're Yeah, they're in their own little world. They're, yeah. There's no, nothing outside of that. Yeah. She's like, well, I asked. And, okay, I'm I mean, just going to go on with my and day. Maybe she's like, I, I don't think so, but maybe her mom has had conversations with other moms like, and heard about I how they it. deal with these kinds of situations. And it's like, oh, that's how you be a parent. Mm-hmm. I want to like hold that in until it comes up. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. You can't see this boy anymore because that's what other parents do. She's like, oh, I can finally be a parent. I can finally play that card real quick. Like, no, you don't get to pick and choose when to be a parent. No, you have to consistently be a parent, mm-hmm. we say, as non-parents. But as people who work, work with, with children and yeah. know how important that consistency is. Because mm-hmm. they're not going to listen if suddenly you decide, hey, I'm going to be a parent now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're going to do shit like this and be mm-hmm. like sorry you can't tell me what to do and also telling a kid not to do something in we'll most cases is going to make them do it oh yeah i think her mom being like okay i want to be there for you i don't know about this relationship but you know if you need anything i'm gonna be here for you mm-hmm. and like grace probably won't take that but if her mom was consistently you know asking and being involved maybe that relationship would be able to heal um there'd be more communication between them but that's not what happens yeah her her mom doesn't put in the effort no like it's there it's obvious that they they could have that moment but she just doesn't put in the effort grace is just like this shiny toy for them to like parade around yeah like like, this is my kid grace she's She's super smart yeah she's a straight a student i never have any trouble Mm -hmm. out of her we go out and party all night long and she just stays home that she does and quit because you're not there to see it (laughs) she just stays home and cooks and cleans our our living age could have been so much more rebellious at this point like yeah I even rebellious because her parents don't care. But she could have got done so much shit at this point. Like, But she wants that attention. She wants uh-huh. them to love her. So she's a I mean, good kid. She even says that to Sam. Like, she's like, maybe if I had acted out or whatever, they would have noticed more. And Sam's like, that. no, it wouldn't have helped anything. Because they would have been like, how dare you? Like, we're your parent. We're very disappointed in you. And she'd be like, okay, so now you care. It happens. It happens. Okay, chapter 39 is from Sam's perspective. It is 42 degrees Fahrenheit. The first important thing about this chapter is Grace is asking her dad what he did with the wolf's body. So is Shelby's body. And he's like, you know, I put it on the porch. And she's like, no, it's not out there anymore. He's like, uh, maybe your mom did something with it, which 
Grace why, is, why in the world would Amy ever? Yeah, Grace is just like, you seriously think she's going to do she anything? Was Amy would never. hospital with us, for one. And her dad's just like, eh, I don't know. Like, so unconcerned about this. Yeah, he's this. very nonchalant Freaking about wolf. it just being gone. I'm like, your daughter was attacked by wolves. She, Again. I mean, you don't know how obsessed she is with wolves because you don't know her. But you should think she has a little bit of trauma from them just even though she doesn't that should be your thought like Mm -hmm. oh like this was a really emergency situation they should have put this girl in therapy a long time ago definitely (laughs) he's like oh maybe your mom did something with it and then when her dad left sam said oh shelby's probably not dead like that probably didn't kill her she probably walked off Mm -hmm. which is like oh shelby's still around cool anything else about that one that's all I got. Okay, so quick little funsy topic. We got some time. I want to know what your dream library would look like, the vibe, you know. What's it all about? My personal idea of my dream library is in a movie. Is it like Really? A, yeah, it's a 90s movie. Of course. I'm not shocked by that. Yeah. What it may be early 2000s. What movie? You wouldn't. It's Meet Joe Black. Nobody's heard no. it. No. It's, it's a... It's about, uh, well, it's Brad Pitt, and he plays death, and he falls in love with this guy he's supposed to kill, mm-hmm. but in it, it's Anthony Hopkins Library. <laughs> yeah, it's but a, it's, it came out in 1998. It's so freaking beautiful. It's huge. It's like the size of my house, but it's like mahogany wood everywhere, and it's carved, and it's like, <laughs> and it's got like uh a spiral staircase and i'm pretty sure the columns in the library are books like bookshelves too it's just it's so pretty and so big and i'd get lost in it wouldn't have to go out anywhere and also i like the idea of like you know big leather chairs and you know that old tobacco smell like leather tobacco kind of smell i love stuff like that so um I was trying to like picture mine and I started off with one idea, but then I'm thinking of another one. I like very, you know, like naturey, like airy type vibes when mm-hmm. I'm reading. Um, so I'm picturing like something very, you know, like a serene space. And I started picturing like a, a glass ceiling. Oh. Yeah, like dome glass glass ceiling where mm-hmm. like if it's raining, I can see it and hear see, it. Yeah, I like the raining vibes. Yeah. yeah. And then like I want my bookshelves to be like kind of aesthetically organized, but also where I can find. Yeah. And the way that I would find is have like my favorite books in one area. (laughs) And then like slowly, like I haven't read these. These are for this. These are for this. I probably will never read these, but they're there. These are for the aesthetic. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of books I like just for the aesthetics. Like, and then, you know, like cozy, like fairy lights. Mm-hmm. And I picture like a hanging chair mm-hmm. or like something really comfy. Um, lots of blankets and pillows and just and white. Like I just yeah. imagine like yes. bright white. Yeah, and maybe like some sort of sound system where like if I wanted music or something, it could mm-hmm. play there. I don't know something very cool. Yeah, like nature vibes. I feel like mine's pretty much kind of like that because I like the whole white white shelves like mm-hmm. entire walls made up of the shelves mm-hmm. kind of vibe and then yeah. like having the lights and stuff yeah. like around the shelves my other vibe was like a straight up closet <laughs> like where it's dark 
but I have like my fairy lights and like a lamp where I can actually see the book because I love it like a good cozy spot you know I like, like a reading nook yeah I like having like windows though I like having big windows yeah. in a reading space I like the idea so this isn't like a library thing but like the idea of like a bay window where yeah like, you sit and mm-hmm. read um with that being said you can tell like y'all's is definitely more girly and mine's like an old man's study yeah, that's personalities though yeah like that's just what i like i always um, wanted a, a window seat to read books in yeah that's like my dream house i know where, like <sighs> the second floor landing has a window seat that looks out mm-hmm. like that's a little reading spot uh, where all my children sit mm-hmm. another interesting library idea is on rose red it's a mini series it's great it's horror that it's got a mirror library so like i, I hate that it's button. like circular <laughs> Oh, I was like, like, what do you mean by that? So it's like a circular uh, library, Uh like the shape of the room is circular, and it's just covered in, like, the the walls are just books, but there's a mirror on the ceiling and a mirror on the floor. Hell no. (laughs) Hell no. That's an idea. (laughs) It's trippy as hell but i dig it um i, I wouldn't talk, do it but i didn't it. talk about the scent to my library but it smells like coffee yeah because the smell of coffee just inspires me i want it to smell like fall i want cinnamon like, oh yeah that's autumn true. scents but like i want like a little coffee station oh yeah and it just like always smell like freaking barnes and noble mm-hmm like just I it just smells like books and coffee and I'd <laughs> and have a fun time um if anybody wants to ever get me a candle my favorite candle is tobacco flavored mm-hmm. like tobacco smelled ones yeah, flavor flavor <laughs> um don't <which laughs> eat the candles don't eat candles I had this one and I can't remember the brand but it was called warm tobacco pie mm-hmm. and it smelled so good it was a DW home yes it was and nerd I, I'm a candle, candle connoisseur nerd. Candle um my brother stole it from me and would never Uh, give it back to me and it was so sad that i loved love love i find another one i'll buy you one thank you okay so i think that's it for this episode of let's call it nothing podcast the next episode we are continuing with shiver chapters 40 through 53 things are getting real Mm -hmm. real real we're ready i'm not gonna cry till episode five though no episode five is like it's gonna be a hard one guys i hate that this isn't as funny as last season but man it's it's, hard to make this funny too it's hard to make this funny and it's (laughs) we try man but our anecdotes are what makes it funny (laughs) exactly but this is such a serious book and it's so good it's light and fluffy but dark and serious at the same time yeah and i feel like the different states of mine where i've read it you know reading it when i was 13 versus 15 or 16 versus now 24 it's been very different experiences i'm seeing different things i've been through my own experiences where i'm like well this one Mm -hmm. cuts deep yeah (laughs) yeah i think that's it Thank, yeah. that's it. Thank you for listening. Yeah, follow us on Instagram at Let's Call it Nothing Pod, and we'll be posting about this series as well mm-hmm. as a few other funzy posts. And we will definitely uh, have pictures of kind of what our dream yeah. libraries are. Yeah. I think that'll be fun. I see a lot of it on TikTok for me. So <laughs> <laughs> screenshot, 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 and be like, okay, this is what I want. Ignore the words, but this is what I want. Okay, so we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Thank you.